On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks got blanked 4-0 by the Winnipeg Jets over the weekend and had yet another goaltender scare as Arvid Soderblom was forced to exit the game early. I'll get into all of the Blackhawks' latest injury updates ahead of their two-game West Coast trip, and then I'll also wrap things up by getting into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, except on Wednesday this time. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, November 9th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, make sure to go and show some support real quick first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review as well. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so already, please do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, 100% for free as well. Helps me out tremendously. I would really appreciate it. Go and smash the like button down below on this video as well and ring that bell. Turn on the push notifications and that way you will get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Apologies for not having an episode come out each of the last two days. Some of you may already know, for those that follow me on Twitter, uh, thank you for those that do. If you don't, go and subscribe or go and follow Talking Hockey on Twitter. Um, Then if you follow me, you, you know that I didn't have much of a voice for the last two days because... On Sunday, I was at the Chicago Bears game along with Armando Velez from Lockdown Florida Panthers. He and some of his buddies that are Dolphins fans came up to Chicago for the weekend, and I was showing them around on Saturday, took them all over the place, got them Portillo's, got them Al's Beef, they had Giordano's, Gino's East. They were eating good up here. I I treated them well. Uh, And then for those of you who are Bears fans listening to this podcast, then you know Sunday's game against the Dolphins was – quite exciting. And I may have gotten a little excited at the game based on the performance from Justin Fields. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but sure looks like the Bears could have a quarterback in. Uh, A lot of screaming was happening on Sunday with the performance of Justin Fields. So I woke up Monday, voice was a little raspy, could barely speak at all. Uh, it's been a rough go the last 48 hours, so I apologize there, but to make it up to all of you listeners out there, I'm going to be having two episodes drop here today. Uh, the second later on will come out at around 5 p.m. Central Time, 
Uh, it's going to be a full update on a lot of the Blackhawks prospects and how they're doing for their collegiate teams, junior programs, yada, yada, yada. It's going to be a full episode dedicated to Blackhawks prospects. So make sure to check that out when it drops later on this afternoon. Again, that's 5 p.m. Central Time. Uh, and then I also plan on having a conversation with uh, Jason from Locked On Ducks ahead of the Blackhawks meeting with them in Anaheim on Saturday night. So I'll probably have that come out as a bonus episode on Saturday morning to give you all the good stuff you need to know prior to that matchup. So I apologize for not getting an episode out on Monday or Tuesday, uh, but I promise I will be making it up here throughout this week. But to open things up, getting into some Blackhawks stuff now. Uh, quickly wanted to talk about the Blackhawks lone game from over the weekend came on Saturday afternoon up in Winnipeg against the Jets first meeting between these two teams of the season. And, uh, yeah, kind of a toughie for the Blackhawks Four nothing shut out second time. They've been blanked here in the early going Connor Hallibuck as always was spectacular in net for Winnipeg Blackhawks. Honestly, right out of the gate, I thought it was going to be, um, uh, another, you know, close game from start to finish with their energy in the first period, which it's kind of been an issue for them early on in the season. And I thought they had uh, one of their better first periods so far this year to open up this game on Saturday. But then kind of just as the game progressed, Winnipeg slowly started to get stronger and started to kind of take over the game in the third period. Uh, really, that might have been one of the worst periods the Blackhawks had all year long, even though they only gave up one goal, I think the scoring chances were like 18 to two in favor of the Jets. Uh, not not a good performance by the Blackhawks late in the game, but uh, the fate was already kind of sealed at that point. What really killed the Blackhawks in this one, they didn't give up any goals at five on five. Their defense did fine in that area. Uh, it was the special teams that really disappointed. The Blackhawks gave up three power play goals along with a shorthanded tally. Uh, so you're, you're not going to win many games in the NHL when you give up four special teams goals. And for some reason, I've kind of noticed Blackhawks fans that, you know, the penalty kill is ranked near the bottom of the NHL. Um, uh, maybe a little bit unfairly. Um, it, it feels like they've had stretches where they've been really solid, especially during that early winning streak that the Blackhawks had. Um, but one thing I have noticed is that when they're not rolling, they're really not rolling. I mean, they gave up uh, three power play goals to the Avalanche in the season opener, gave up another three power play goals in that wild shootout against the Edmonton Oilers, and then gave up three power play goals on Saturday against the Jets. So, you know, three times in their first 12 games, one out of every four, 25% of their games are giving up three power play goals. Um, it's really going to hinder your chances. Uh, of coming out with, you know, even a point when you play that way. So that's something the Blackhawks really have kind of focused on in the last couple of days of practice, which I think is definitely a good idea because they've shown they're capable of having success on the penalty kill. Just seems like whenever um, a team does figure them out, the Blackhawks aren't able to kind of adjust on the fly and aren't able to stop the bleeding per se. And that really costs them in, in this one against Winnipeg. So yeah, four, nothing loss to the jets. But I, what I really have to talk about, uh, from this game on Saturday folks is the little goaltending scare that the Blackhawks suffered. Yes. Another goaltending scare because, uh, Arvid Soderblom was the man they had to turn to for this one once again with 
Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock both being out. Stalock was, or uh, excuse me, Soderblom was starting for the second consecutive game. Dylan Wells, who the Blackhawks literally had to give an NHL contract to, uh, had to serve as Soderblom's backup. Soderblom was, you know, looking good, I thought, again, through the opening 40 minutes, was kind of having a goaltender battle with uh, Connor Hellebuck before those three special teams goals in the second period that the Blackhawks gave up. But then, coming out of the second intermission, uh, Dylan Wells had to go in and make his NHL debut. And at the time, uh, I don't think any of the Blackhawks beat reporters were up there in Winnipeg for this game. So no one really knew what was going on with Soderblom. And everyone was kind of losing their minds because it was like, no way, this has happened again. Why? Every level in the Blackhawks organization right now is just dealing with goaltender issues. It's crazy. Uh, fortunately, we did find out after the game that it was only dehydration issues that Soderblom was dealing with. And he told the Blackhawks training staff that he just wasn't feeling too good uh, during the second intermission. So then to start the third, here comes Dylan Wells to make his NHL debut. And uh, Wells actually stood his ground pretty well. And I got to give him credit because he only has 25 career starts at the AHL level. So kind of shows you right there how desperate the Blackhawks are for uh, healthy goalies at the moment. And I mentioned earlier, the Blackhawks got outchanced like 18 to two in that third period. And Wells made 12 of, uh, stopped 12 of the 13 shots that he faced, only gave up one goal despite the Blackhawks getting peppered. So credit to Dylan Wells for uh, handling his own. But yeah, another injury scare for the Blackhawks goaltenders. As I mentioned, though, seems like this was only a dehydration issue for Arvid Soderblom. And Uh, shouldn't really affect him at all moving forward here in the next few games. Uh, Coming up in just a minute, Hawks fans, got to take a quick break here. I've kind of been rambling, as I tend to do. I'll get into the latest updates we have on both Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock ahead of the Blackhawks' two-game West Coast road trip, which starts on Thursday night in Los Angeles. But first, I got to talk to you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. And you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home, and they protect you with the best cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I personally love it. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection. They have advanced sensors in every room, guarding every window and every door. They have HD security cameras inside and outside your home, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your house. And you can also go and customize the perfect system for your own home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/lockdownnhl. You can also save 20% on your Simply Safe security system by signing up for an interactive monitoring plan, and you'll also get the first month totally for free. All you have to do is go and visit simplysafe.com slash NHL right now to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, segment two, carrying over from 
the first segment. Let's get into all of the latest updates that we've heard on the Blackhawks goaltenders ahead of this West Coast trip later on this week. Starts on Thursday against the Los Angeles Kings. As I already mentioned earlier, Arvid Soderblom doesn't sound like he's in any jeopardy of, of missing time or anything. He's been on the ice for practice the last couple of days. Definitely great to hear because Hawks really couldn't afford to lose another netminder, both at the NHL level and at the AHL level. I believe Jackson Stauber is still out with an injury as well. So it's just crazy what's been happening to uh, the goaltender position throughout the Blackhawks organization right now. Knock on wood, these guys need to get healthy. Um, or else the Blackhawks are going to have to bring in another body potentially. Um, but it also does sound like we have some good news coming. Peter Morazic sounds like he's going to be ready to go at some point during this West Coast road trip here. Uh, he's been dealing with a groin injury, obviously, that's cost him the last couple of weeks. Something that's been nagging him for the past few years of his career, unfortunately. But the Blackhawks have officially activated him off of injured reserve. So, I guess he's either going to get the start on Thursday in Los Angeles, or maybe they could give him an extra day or two by waiting uh, and having him go on Saturday in Anaheim. Either way, the Blackhawks are going to be splitting him in Soderblom for this two-game West Coast trip. Wouldn't be shocked, though, if Soderblom uh, gets the first go of it against the Kings just to give Mrazek those extra couple of days. As I said, this is something that's really been bothering him for the last few years, and it's kind of hindered his ability to stay uh, consistent at this level. So I think, you know, helping him, um, it's the smart decision. So we'll see how the Blackhawks want to go about it, but we do know there's officially going to be a split there. Uh, and then for Alex Stalock, with Mrazic getting activated, the Blackhawks have placed Stalock on injured reserve while he's in concussion protocol. Uh, that injury was suffered last Tuesday. A week ago now against the New York Islanders when Casey Sezikis ran into him and received that five-minute major. Sezikis actually, uh, I believe, injured another goaltender or at least had another run-in with a goaltender behind his own net um, a couple nights ago. So Sezikis, man, I mean, come on, dude. Don't be doing that. Don't be that guy. Nobody likes someone who runs into goaltenders. Have a little more control out there, bud. Uh, but yeah, Stalock's on injured reserve right now. Don't really have much of an update on him. You never really know with concussions. It's They just vary from person to person. Everyone's different. Every case is different. You can't really put a timetable on when someone's going to feel better. I'm sure Stalock himself doesn't even know. So all we can really do is wish him the best. Um, don't know if it's going to be a couple more weeks or if he's just day to day. We'll probably have a better idea uh, when we hear from Luke Richardson either today or tomorrow. I feel like this is something he's he's got to talk about. Um, so we'll see what you know he has to say. But Stalock is out right now at the moment, and uh, makes sense for the Blackhawks to place him on IR with uh, how they have to structure their roster. With uh, with Peter Morazic being activated, though, I did want to mention that Dylan Wells has officially been sent back to the Rockford IceHogs of the AHL. As I said, I think Jackson Stauber is still out. So Rockford needs a couple healthy goaltenders right now as well. And I'm sure they'd love to have Arvid Soderblom back at some point here too. Hopefully Alex Stalock can, can get healthy uh, in the next few days or so. And uh, the Blackhawks can kind of have their structure back at every level where they want it to be. Uh, also, I did want to mention getting into some more injury updates here for the Blackhawks. Defenseman Ian Mitchell 
who of course was forced to miss all of training camp and the start of the regular season due to a left wrist injury, which was a really crushing blow for him ahead of a, you know, really crucial training camp. It just stunk that it felt like he was going to be one of those guys to get an opportunity right out of the gate. Maybe even would have a leg up over guys like Alec Regula, Philip Ruse, uh, Alex Vlasic, due to the um, amount of experience, the, the more experience that Mitchell has already at this point of his career and being a little bit older than most of those guys. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough that Mitchell wasn't able to be there for training camp, but he has been back at practice here the last couple of days. He was a full participant. They removed the non-contact sweater, which is big. Um, and seems like he's going to be ready to go sometime here rather soon. Although it does sound like he's going to begin with the Rockford Icehogs. We heard Coach Luke Richardson mention that a couple of days ago. And that probably is the smart move considering, you know, Mitchell hasn't had game-like hockey activity for quite some time. Uh, and didn't have a training camp at all. So it, it probably makes sense to kind of have him get things going down at the AHL rather than just throwing him into the fire at the NHL level. Uh, so I do agree with that decision to give him some time in Rockford first. But if things go well, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Blackhawks are, are going to call him up and give him an opportunity to showcase his stuff. And I'm really intrigued to see uh, what Mitchell is going to have to offer now that, you know, we spent all of last season as a top pairing guy with the Rockford Ice Hogs, kind of rounding out his game, getting opportunities to play every situation. Uh, I'm really interested to see how this next stint of his is going to go. And I've mentioned before that, you know, defensemen, they can take, you know, not every defenseman is ready immediately out of college or um, whatever level they just came from prior to the NHL. Some guys take a little bit longer to figure it out, especially for a guy who's you know not physical and doesn't have the biggest um, biggest structure and isn't really you know especially coming out of college wasn't necessarily ready to handle the defensive side of things at the NHL level. It can take time for those guys, um, but there's no denying that this is kind of a make or break year for Ian Mitchell. I feel like at least in terms of his Blackhawks career, because he is going to turn 24 in January. So the clock is kind of ticking. The Blackhawks have been patient with him, but this season, if it doesn't happen, I think there's going to be some serious doubt about if it ever is going to happen about Ian Mitchell. So hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully the kid will kill it. Uh, it's been a tough start to the year for him, but yeah, good to see that he should be back here sometime soon. And also Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones and forward Tyler Johnson have been seen skating ahead of practice the last couple of days with skills coach Brian Keene. And both those guys, you know, were, were ruled out for um, multiple weeks. Johnson, I believe it was four to six, similar to Boris Kachuk's ankle sprain timetable. Um, and then Seth Jones obviously was dealing with a thumb injury, which he suffered against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, both guys, you know, good to see that they're back skating and starting that rehab process a little bit. Don't know if, you know, either are particularly ahead of one another or if they're on the same timeline right now, but definitely good news for the Blackhawks that at least they're starting to get a little bit healthier here because it's just been a nightmare really so far. And I know every team deals with injuries. This happens every year, but it feels like it's been a little bit crazier this year. I mean, Seth Jones going down, Ian Mitchell misses the start of camp. Boris Kachuk was hurt. 
the goaltenders alone. Um, it, it's been it's been pretty ridiculous. So hopefully the Blackhawks can start to get a little bit healthier here, start to get a full complement of players, uh, and, and can also you know return some of the guys back to Rockford that they want to, and let them progress in the positions they want them to be in. So, uh, but that's the latest Blackhawks injury updates. I know there's been a lot of them here, but it does look like things are heading in the right direction and hopefully guys can uh, manage to stay healthy here when the Blackhawks go through this next stretch. Before I wrap up the show today, folks, I do also want to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. Of course, this is going to be happening on Wednesday this time with um, me not having a voice for the past 48 hours. Uh, but the first question I wanted to get into here comes from Colin on Twitter or Captain Pie Double Zero, who asked, "When do you think they should call up Arvid Soderblom and make him the NHL starter, or at least a one A one B situation? I'd say either at the deadline or to start next season, right? Uh, I think next season is probably you know the ideal situation for the Blackhawks. Again, the plan for them. This is why they brought in." Peter Morazic and why they brought in Alex Daylock was to be extra patient with Arvid Soderblom. Now, also, they were able to get another first round pick in the 2022 NHL draft by taking on Peter Morazic. I don't know if, you know, the return wasn't that good. They would have brought him in necessarily. And maybe if they didn't, Soderblom could be the backup. But based on all the other moves that they've had and based on how they've gone about things here to open up the season, it's clear, ideally, They'd like to be as patient as possible with some of these prospects. Now, because of injuries, they haven't really had a choice. Uh, but if Stalock and Morazic were healthy right now, there's no doubt about it. Soderblom would be down in Rockford. And I think that's the plan for the majority of the season. Unless Peter Morazic, you know, comes back and is a wizard and, you know, doesn't have another groin injury prior to the deadline. I don't see another team, you know, giving the Blackhawks an enticing enough offer to move him or even another team really wanting to take on his contract given his injury history. So it feels like the Blackhawks, you know, again, if those two are healthy, uh, are kind of stuck with Stalock and Mrazek at the NHL level this season. And that that's okay by them. They want Soderblom to be the guy down in Rockford. And again, he's still really young, only 23 years old. They don't want to rush him along by any means. So I think next year is probably when, ideally, they'd like to have Soderblom up at the NHL level full-time. But, you know, it's all contingent on him having success again in Rockford this season. And what we've seen from him at the NHL, does he have the capability to do that? Most certainly. But he's still a young goaltender. You never know how things are going to go. Am I stoked about Arvid Soderblom? Absolutely. Uh, but I also think being patient with him is the smart decision. So uh, next season, yeah, maybe um, it is a 1A, 1B situation, or maybe they just have him as the backup. Kind of depends on how they want to go about the goaltender position again next year. And if Peter Morazic is still here, yeah, it probably will be a 1A, 1B situation. But I don't expect it to happen at the deadline. Start of next season at the earliest uh, will be when Soderblom is a full-time NHLer in my mind. Second question we're going to answer today comes from Landon McClellan on Twitter, who asked, Hey, Jack, would like to know your opinion on the season so far between Kane and Taves. Looks like Kane isn't enjoying it, and that loss to the Jets might be the start of the Blackhawks spiraling down. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's also been a little bit of a cold stretch here for the past couple of weeks now, ever since that four-game winning streak. I don't know. 
Um, I, I don't think Kane's like not enjoying himself. Maybe he's a little bit frustrated that that top line hasn't been consistent night in and night out, but they've definitely been better. And Kane's been starting to rack up the points here. Taves, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. He's having the better season right now. He's been nothing short of incredible. Um, I don't know. Could be. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks start losing more games. Like, I think everyone knows they're exceeding expectations right now, especially with, you know, how banged up the goaltender position has been for them. Uh, I mean, I think Kaner's been fine. It's probably more so his line mates that if they can keep up with him and continue to make plays on his level, then the success is going to come. I haven't been been discouraged by anything, though. And, you know, sure, Kaner's been frustrated and snapped his stick over the bench, but kind of normal stuff. I don't know. Don't really know what to say about this one. I thought Kane and Taves both have been really solid. That's all I got. Third and final question I'm going to answer comes from Henry4578P on Instagram, who asked, what's best case scenario for a Taves trade? First round pick plus? Yeah, I I wouldn't say that. Um, Even if the Blackhawks, well, they're going to have to retain at least half of that salary and maybe even get a third team involved to split it three ways. I don't see, you know, even if Jonathan Taves keeps this up, it's probably hard to see another team giving up a first round pick for him, especially when uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year and be able to do whatever he wants. There's like no guarantee that he's going to go somewhere long-term. And I know sometimes guys do get flipped at the deadline for a first round pick, Maybe Taves is able to keep this up, and maybe I, I just I just don't see that happening. Would I be thrilled if the Blackhawks got a first round pick for Jonathan Taves? Absolutely. I think a second rounder is probably more realistic, or maybe a second and a mid level prospect. It's all kind of depending on how Taves keeps playing, and you know, also we don't know if the Blackhawks are going to trade him. I, I don't know how that situation is going to go down. I assume it's probably going to happen, but I could be completely wrong. Again, though, I think the return, I guess, second round pick at best. But it all is going to depend if Jonathan Taves is able to keep up his play here through the next couple of months prior to the trade deadline. And ultimately, what he wants to do, whether that's stay with the Blackhawks or decide to uh, move on and, you know, go play for another franchise. We haven't heard anything thus far that would suggest he's going to do either. There's been no real news. Uh, so that's probably going to be the story until December or January, I'd imagine. We'll see what happens, but I'd say second round pick. That's my guess. All right, folks, I think that's going to wrap up Tuesday, Wednesday, actually. Now, Wednesday, November 9th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already, go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and to subscribe on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, uh, please go and check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again 
for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.